Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. Podcasting just wouldn't be podcasting without the RSS feed. But is this flat text file powerful enough to power podcasting in the future? Hello and welcome to another Podcast Pontifications with me, Evo Terra. All this week, I'm doing a 10-part miniseries this week and next week, a 10-part miniseries on the future of podcasting, which originally appeared in the Podcast Business Journal print edition, inaugural print edition. This week is number three. It's about RSS feeds. And I'm going to tell you the future, at least I think, the future as I see it for RSS feeds. Now, don't worry too much. If you are already glazing eyes over on the technicalities, I'm not going to get technical on this is not a technical show. This is a why to show much more than it is a how to show. And I'm going to I'm going to respect that. But as a working podcaster, you know that you have a thing called an RSS feed. It is a text file because you can click it and read it. It's gobbledygook. It's XML. So it's got a bunch of other stuff that you won't recognize. But if you look at it, it's not it's not there. It's not super complicated. It's not like you're reading code. You're not. You're reading a flat text file with descriptors wrapped around it. Not that complicated. This is where your title goes. It's where your artwork goes. It's how podcatchers know to download your episodes because there's a link to your MP3 files. It's basically the lifeblood. And podcasting started because of RSS feed, because of specifically RSS 2.0, a spec uh, upgrade, if you will, to the old RSS 0.92, I think was the standard. And I know I'm getting technical, but relax. Give me a second to get to get through it. You'll be okay. Dave Weiner added a an enclosure tag, which basically puts a link to an MP3 file inside of podcasting. That's it. That's all podcasting is. There's nothing more magical or complicated than that. It's a change to an RSS feed so that it could contain a link to an MP3 file that programs could download, programs could read so that they could then download the audio file. Simple, easy, elegant. And every time you update your podcast, when you put a new episode out, your RSS feed contains that episode. Great. Wonderful. Hooray. If it wasn't for RSS, we wouldn't have podcasting. And there are many of my friends in the podcasting world who still say that if a show is not distributed with an RSS feed, it's not a podcast. Okay, you can have that argument. I think the reality is that the people out there are showing that's wrong because there's a lot of people who consume podcasts every single day that never encounter an RSS feed. And where they got the media file didn't go from an RSS feed. Case in point, every time somebody listens to you on YouTube, which they do a lot, does not require an RSS 
feed. Every single time somebody listens to you from uh, a video you posted on Facebook, also not an RSS feed. Yet those people would say that they are consuming your podcast. But this isn't a discussion about what podcasting is and what podcasting isn't. This is about the future of podcasting and where RSS feeds fit in the future. Now, in my article for the Podcast Business Journal, I said RSS feeds aren't going to die. That's true. RSS feeds are not going to die. They will, however, see their importance diminished. But, there's a giant but on the end of that. But, that doesn't mean you can afford to be lazy with your RSS feed. When I say it's going to diminish in importance, what I mean is that over time, new technologies come around. Now, we might see the RSS 2.0 spec upgraded to the RSS 3.0 spec with a lot of other information that's not currently passed along in the RSS feed added. That's a possibility. We could do that. Or what I think is every bit as likely is that some new technology will come along. Maybe JSON. Maybe something else. I don't know what it looks like. The technology doesn't really matter. But there are other platforms Let me change the way I say that. There are things we're just not getting out of the RSS feed. It does a good job. It does exactly what it was designed to do. But there's a lot it can't do in its current state. So I think somebody will come along and and do an upgrade to that one. Or, as I said, there will be other competing flavors, if you will, of ways to distribute content that won't just be with an RSS feed. See, the RSS feed is vulnerable for a couple of reasons. One is it's, it's not complete. Sure, titles, descriptions, great. It's got all that information, artwork, but, but there's more. There's more to it than that. Incomplete is one of them. The second thing is it's, for as robust as it is, it's awfully fragile. It is really, it, here's how fragile it is. If you're hosted at one of the primary hosting companies, and there are a handful of them, the people who run these podcast hosting companies will their best practice that they suggest all podcasters do is when you publish a new episode of your podcast, go check your RSS feed and make sure it's still valid. What? Why? Why would the act of posting an episode cause an RSS feed to be invalid? Especially, I can see how it would be invalid if you posted it by hand, if you hand edited an RSS feed. But those same hosting companies are the ones that generate the RSS feed. They're the ones that have the fields that they ask us podcasters to fill out as we're putting together our episode for publishing. If there's a chance we could put something in one of those fields to make our RSS feed invalid, shouldn't they trap that and fix it? And even if they can't, shouldn't they do a quick scan to make sure that your feed is valid? I mean, I find it really hard to believe that you could write a blog post just by writing a blog post, putting text into the fields in WordPress or Squarespace or whatever you're using. I find it hard to believe that if you put text in there and it broke your website, again, text, text, not code, not changing templates. If you just typed in text and it somehow broke your website, you'd be pissed. (laughs) You'd be terribly pissed about that. So I think there's some validation that they're not doing. And I think maybe the reason they're not doing it is because they also wonder about the future of RSS feeds. Why put the time, energy, and effort into doing that? I don't know. 
That's a possibility. I can tell you that for now, the foreseeable future, we need RSS feeds, complete RSS feeds. I will expect, I fully expect that there will be new namespaces. Apple's got a namespace, so whether we can put episode numbers and season numbers and stuff like that. I expect new namespaces coming down the pipe. But I also wouldn't be surprised if sometime in the future, probably the near future, within the next 15 years or so, somebody can come along with an opportunity to make it better, a better way to distribute files for your podcast than this flat RSS file. JSON? Sure. API calls? Whatever. More deeper integration with hosting platforms and distribution points? Possibly. We don't know what it looks like, but we know it's coming, or I know it's coming, or I think it's coming, because change is the way that things happen. And, you know, take a look at the life of flat files. They don't really stay around for a long time. Sure, they're still around in banking and a bunch of other places that still use them, but that's an industry that is it's hard to change. I'm not so sure it'd be that tough for us to change. I think it's a matter of willingness. Now, what that means for you, the working podcaster, is probably nothing at this point because you just need to make sure that your RSS feed is valid, which is dumb, and I'm sad you have to do that. But also, keep your eyes peeled. And experiment with some of these new opportunities that are coming out. You're already experimenting with them right now, chances are. But I think we'll see more. So don't be afraid and don't be a slave to the RSS feed. It's not going to die, but it might be replaced at some point in the future. We shall see. Hey, three things before I go, as you probably have known from listening to some of these episodes before. But if you're new, then maybe you don't know that. Um, flick.group slash podcast pontifications. There'll be a link in the episode details where you can join uh, a conversation and tell me that I'm wrong or I'm right, whatever. I'm good with that. You can also buy me a coffee to show the support and love for the show. Buymeacoffee.com slash evoterra. I'd love it if you'd make it a regular recurring donation as well. And then finally, if you're a business and you're going, uh, RSS feeds, what are these all about for podcasting? Hey, get in touch because I help businesses all over the world keep their podcast running. Evo at podcastlaunch.pro. Go to podcastlaunch.pro to see a list of all the services that I offer. I shall be back on Thursday with yet another podcast pontifications. Cheers. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donations4abortion.com.
That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.Cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.